Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future. Directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> That's right, everybody. It's episode 30 of the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. That is very substantial. You know what I'm saying? And uh, to to coincide that, we just got our 30th supporter on the Patreon page you know what I'm saying? Big vegan, non-vegan beef stew shoutouts to Steve Winfield. Right? No, wait, hold on. No, no, no. God damn it. Steve Winfield Meyer. That is your name. And a shout out to you, sir. Or very unconventional name for ma'am. But we like to keep our bases covered here. Um, Big thank you for supporting, for jumping in and peeling off $2 per podcast on the Patreon page to keep it rolling. Um, He will now receive early access to every podcast as well as that juicy dripping beef stew shout out on each and every episode that he supports so big thank you uh head on over to patreon.com slash shrimp if you want to support this podcast if this podcast is something that you enjoy on the weekly you look forward to the episodes to come out do not hesitate Become part of the Patreon community because there are juicy rewards to be had and even more to come as we unlock our goals. We got big plans. We got big motherfucking plans for this shit. You know what I'm saying? So, also, big shout out to everyone who is surviving the podcast blitz. Uh, As listeners know, um, uh, the government, NASA, reptilian shape-shifting conspiracy attempted to poison my family with the flu and uh, sinus infections and bronchitis and bronchiolitis and pneumonia uh, uh, a couple months ago and we missed some episodes so we turned around and came back to fight back with the blitz the government will not keep us silent. Um, so shout out to everyone that's been that's been listening to all of these increasingly long podcasts. I know I blew out uh, the we had we had a very awesome episode last time. I kind of cluttered it up on either end with a little too much banter. So uh, I'm watching the clock on on these. I'm gonna try to keep the intros and outros a little bit more concise. Um, but you know how I do. I get on there. I'm just having fun. I'm obviously super high all the time and sometimes I just let it get the better of me so hopefully uh, people enjoy it and uh, this is a evolving 
art form for me. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, I listen to every episode and try to make adjustments. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I know that the content is always there. We always are bringing you juicy, inappropriate, extraterrestrial, creative, inspiring conversations for you. Um, and uh, also with an emphasis on true friendship because all of the guests are my actual real-life friends on this podcast. Sometimes people will suggest uh, guests that I, you know, uh, should have on. But you know what? This this podcast is really limited to my actual friends, which luckily I have about a trillion of that are super creative and professional and fucking ultra-dope inspiring people. And also, through the Ghost Scouts and through my work in general, I gain many new creative real-life friends every year. So it don't stop because it won't stop. Um, as the Ghost Scouts know, shout out to all my Ghost Scouts out there. We haven't even begun to get all the Ghost Scouts on here. There's so many fucking Ghost Scouts. And if you would like to join the Secret Society of Ghost Scouts, head on over to Ghostroom Global right now and apply. Um, and, uh, but this is the, this is the end of the blitz. We did two episodes last week, two episodes this week. So double your episodes for the last two weeks. Um, we will be, uh, returning next Friday on the Patreon page with a podcast with another one of my super homies, Ron Wimberly, AKA D pie. Um, if you don't know his artwork, you should, because he is, uh, just another, uh, illustrator killing the game you know what i'm saying he's been getting steady work since uh since we left school um he left school a little bit before me we'll get into all that we went to pratt together worked on a static fish together um really came up creatively together and a lot of mutual inspiration and uh, he, i know he's one of the people that inspires me the most so that's going to be a very juicy episode ron's one of the smartest people i know one of the sharpest people i know you know what i'm saying so he's always bringing the heat i always feel like i have to be on my toes you know what i'm saying if i'm fucking uh trying to get into a good creative conversation with ron because he's always dialed in you know what i'm saying and i love him for it so um uh, to cap off this blitz uh i thought it would be very timely and pertinent to bring on my oldest best friend uh fucking daddy ball scout always got his balls out you know what i'm saying um the original chooch lord uh luke dubois um we met when i was 12 or 13 years old and uh became best friends uh in the subsequent years um and uh really he's one of the people that uh, my soul has been intertwined with the most on this exploration of existence and um throughout all the years uh we always just seem to be on the same wavelength and able to whether we're whether we're hanging out in person or whether we're connecting on the phone or now skype um we are always fucking always have juicy fucking secrets to share with each other that help help each of us along our path really important to have those people that 
you know, that you could just say absolutely anything to in your life and it's going to click with them and they're going to understand where you're coming from. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he's one of those one of the one of the few people for me that uh, that that has been that throughout really my entire um, coming of age. You know what I'm saying? So uh, big shout outs to my man and a very funny quick story before we jump into the pod. Um, when I was 16 years old, I was working at the Lee Traffic Circle McDonald's and my man Luke Dubois was working across the plaza at, I think, Market Basket. I can't remember if it's a Market Basket or a Shaw's, but he was working over there and would often come over for lunches. And uh, one day I gave him some, well, actually every time I think I pretty much gave him free food, but randomly one day I gave him one free burger and got fired from that job and banned from working at McDonald's for the rest of my life, which at the time was very devastating to me because I enjoyed eating twenty, eating forty nuggets for the price of twenty on my lunch break. Um, that was my jam. And I was a big fan of McDonald's at the time. Grew up loving McDonald's, uh, occasionally going to McDonald's, particularly on on road trips to my grandparents' house in Cape Cod. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, uh, me and my siblings were like, please go to Mickey D's. Please go to Mickey D's. We always wanted to hit it up and uh, get that Happy Meal, get that prize in there. And uh, came full circle when the Adventure Time McDonald's Happy Meals were released, my dream drawing of Mount Cragdor from the very first episode of Adventure Time was on the motherfucking Happy Meal box, so suck my fucking nutsack and butthole, McDonald's, because you can't keep me off your fucking Happy Meal boxes just because I got fired. Ha ha ha, I fucking won. Um, so, uh, Big shout out to my man, Daddy Ball Scout, for taking the time to jump on this podcast. This is full of lots of debauchery and ridiculous, mostly drug use and uh, theft, shoplifting. I think we mostly talk about drug use and shoplifting, uh, as I think probably many teenagers can relate to. So uh, we do get into some creative stuff as usual, and he has some more creative stuff that he wants to talk to on his epic return to the podcast, which no doubt will happen before too long. Uh, but until then, let's jump into this podcast right now. We like to live in the moment. We like to embrace the present moment. Uh, so let's kick it off to my man, A. Wall. All right, here we are once again on the Ghost Ship and Friends podcast with my oldest best friend, none other than Daddy Ball Scout. Oh shit! What up? AKA the Chooch Lord himself. <laughs> well, one of the few. I'm yep. not the exclusive Chooch Lord. That's true. There's mul- there are multiple Chooch Lords. Uh, yes, not, I yeah. do not claim to be the only. But the originator of the chooch, that, that would be me. Yeah, is that right? 
I, I mean, I, I think so. That sounds right. It's hard to tell. It's hard to, when you think back, when I've been, I've been, I wrote down a bunch of, uh, I was, you know, as always writing down my list of memories to, uh, you know, possibly covering this episode. Um, and the list is very long, obviously, since we've known each other since we were like 12 or 13, we would have first met possibly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you go back and sometimes some things are hazy. I was trying to remember, do you remember your first, like, what's your first memory of me? Ooh, that's juicy. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember what my first memory of you was and possibly like in like, uh, wait, were you there in seventh grade? Uh, yeah. Okay. So we both attended Oyster River middle school, seventh grade. And that's when I moved to New Hampshire. And I think, I have a, I have possibly a memory of you like in shop class or something, um, but I, I, it's hard to tell. I'm trying to remember, and that's, and you know, definitely early memories of like just trading sports cards and stuff like that before we, oh, were, yeah. before we were like full blown, you know, homies. <laughs> the classic. Yeah. I remember middle school for sure, and I remember you being the new kid. Yeah, and I remember girls being like, "Ooh, he's cute," and being like, <laughs> "That's not what they and, told me." And, 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 yeah, and being like, and like I think me and Gal and like other friends were like, "Who's this punk?" <laughs> <laughs> totally, I definitely remember getting a lot of that treatment. One of my earliest <laughs> memories is going out to recess, and it was this is so fucking classic. Um, they they were like they were like it's touch football today because Josh is wearing his silk shirt, <laughs> right? So the coolest kid in school was Josh, and they were like Josh is wearing his silk shirt today, so it's touch football. And like I went out there and then just like immediately tackled Grant when he got like Grant Clough got the ball and I tackled him and then fucking <laughs> and then Matt Jenkins came over and like leveled me off the ground and he's like it's touch like like it was so classic. <laughs> Uh, so for a little bit of, uh, you know, backstory for the listeners who might not know what the hell we're talking about, um, somehow when we were in middle school, the teachers and administration of our school allowed us to play full contact, no pad, tackle football. That does seem insane now that you say it. I'd never even have thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we got away with that. I don't know what the teachers were thinking. Like, we're so lucky that nobody got a concussion or or like seriously hurt because we went at it. Yeah, I'm sure and, people and... did get concussions. I mean, obviously now we know that it's pretty easy. <laughs> Nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> We're completely unsupervised pretty much. Yeah. I, I still to this day, it's kind of mind boggling to me that like that, that was allowed to happen because you just, I, I don't know, just like what? But anyway, I mean, now West River has a football team. So go figure. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, during our day, that was all the football that we got, and right. uh, I I remember like yeah, it was like the it was like the the cool kids versus the jocks. Yeah, and at that point in my life, I was definitely still one of the jocks. Okay, uh, I thought being a jock was cool, and uh, and I think that's how we might have even first become friends because we were both on like the jock team. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean. Let's see. I think, I mean, I think like the earliest memory I have of like being friends was like you, me, and Gowell connecting. Yeah. And yeah. all into comics. Yeah. And, and from there, we just started hanging out and it was really all about like image comics at yes. that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was like just when the image comics boom like started, like Spawn came out, the yeah, Max, all- like all Wildcats, all that shit. Yeah. 
Cyber Force. That was my jam with Mark Silvestri. <laughs> yes. Dude, I still have all those. Like, somehow I have the remnants of my comic collection, and it's all Cyber Force, which is oh, like... Oh, really? Because I know that were destroyed at a certain point, a lot of them. Yeah, no, totally. Like, I got in trouble at some point. I think I was probably, like, a freshman in high school or something, and... Yeah, my <laughs> the the majority of my comic collection, which um, was I don't know, not huge, but definitely like I had spent years, um, you know, attaining them and yeah. spending like my allowance on them, and they wound up in the fireplace that was, <laughs> for that being was like too sexist, right? Like too many sexy women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, classic, classic. Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, I remember, um, and that's what that's one of the cool things about uh, you know our friendship is you know you were like super into drawing and way better than me, and we used to spend a lot of time drawing Spawn. I remember you could draw like the sickest Spawns, and like we would just really. I remember like just doing a lot of X Force drawings and all that shit. We would draw a lot of comic book characters and also our own stuff as well. Um, but it really started early on there and uh, and then carried all the way through uh, through high school and stuff as we got more serious about drawing. You were always like my drawing homie. And, and uh, you know, I remember later on towards the end when we would hang out at the at the Nick's Bricks apartments at UNH because, uh, you know, we went to school in this college town and we started hanging out with some college kids. I remember really getting into like smoking weed every day, going over there, hanging out and just like sitting on the, on their couch and just like fucking drawing all afternoon and shit. Yeah, definitely, man. Those are the, those are the days. And remember like I too, I had moved out when I was 17. Like I left my house right. and I got all, I was wiling out basically, you know, like. Yeah. You got an apartment at the age of 17. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I managed to do everything I did. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, those days of like, you know, um, just smoking and uh, listening to music. Yes. Onyx, back the fuck up. That shit was like on heavy rotation. Definitely Gang Onyx. Star. Yeah. We were, like the, we were like the white boy, like drawing, rap listening, weed smoking, um, you know, like never do wells or something. I yeah. don't know. I wonder what the administration, like what teachers thought of us. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Well, not highly for sure. As many teachers told me to my face, uh, lots of I definitely, definitely, we were. Uh, I was, you know, we. Were, I think we were some of the least popular uh, teach, uh, uh, students within, in the teachers' opinion. I think probably most of them <laughs> yeah. thought we were headed for lots of ruin and destruction. And then one of the most classic times was actually when I was in my wheelchair. Um, when I broke both my feet and we had that math class together, we had like, um, like a, the teacher, it was her first year teaching math and somehow you and me ended up in the same class, which was a terrible mistake. And there was several other hooligans in that class too. And it really became an everyday mind game between us (laughs) and that teacher. And, and like literally to the point where we'd be talking and then she'd be like, stop talking. And we'd be like, we weren't talking. And she'd be like, you were just talking. We'd be like, we obviously weren't just talking. And then after that year, she retired from teaching. Like, we ran her well, straight it was, out it of was, it. It was our class, and then she had one other class. And both of those classes were, like, <laughs> just probably the most difficult, like, group of kids that you could have. Yeah. And she was like, you know, to be fair to Mrs. Harrigan, like shout out Mrs. Harrigan. Oh, shout I, out to Miss Harrigan. She was mad cool. We, I actually liked her a lot. Cool. 
He was my cool. Yeah. We were just cruel. Yeah. No, we just <laughs> hated like, school. Any, we just hated school. We figure at that point that like we could get any advantage or edge on. I mean, we were teenagers. We we're mer- merciless. I mean, yeah. that's it's just what's going to, if you can't, if it's too hot, get out the kitchen. That's right. No, <laughs> and it was so funny too, because I was in the wheelchair. So I would get kicked out like, like every other day or whatever. And I like wheel out of the class. Like it's just so funny that I was in the wheelchair being like just maximum levels of like punkness. Oh man. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> what other classic things do you remember? Like, what do you, what do you think of? Um, one of my favorite memories is, uh, hanging out at the, um, Newington mall. (laughs) Many, uh, many a time taking the bus to the mall, (laughs) like, you know, hollering at girls and going to see movies and like sneaking, you know, between theaters and like getting free tickets Mm -hmm. or well, not free tickets, but getting free, free viewings. And like, then, you know, uh, allegedly, shoplifting oh my god i totally forgot about the shoplifting incident that's one of the best memories that was a a great (laughs) alleged shopping spree that got us banned that got us banned from from uh kmart for life supposedly but i think kmart's out of business now or was it bradley's was it kmart Uh, i think it was kmart okay yeah yeah that was really funny do you want to recount that so, I mean, my memory of it is basically, like, we had – well, here's the deal. We were on a tear. We were on we a tear. Some, like, KB Toys or something where we had successfully managed to, like, stuff our, um, you know, pants full of stuff – of, like, toys where, like, the cardboard part was, like, sticking into our jeans – and yeah. then, like, a little plastic piece that sticks out was kind of, like, over the edge of the jeans, so they were, like, stuck in there. Yeah. And, of course, we both had, like, big baggy starter jackets or whatever was in fashion at that point. Definitely. I don't think I had a starter jacket because I wasn't that cool, but you definitely rocked the starter jacket. Yeah, I think and, I had my uh, Miami Heat starter jacket from TJ Maxx. Yeah, totally, dude. And and then, so we, were, we had just successfully, like, gotten, like, a really good haul of toys from some, I think, from KB. No, no, from and, Toys R Us. I remember vividly from Toys R Us. Uh, right now, I just want to interject a, uh, a, a shout-out to Toys R Us. <laughs> oh, yeah, going out of business. Damn, son. I know, man. Like, end of an era. Oh, totally. <laughs> what are teenagers going to steal toys from next? I know, man. It's tragic. I mean, you can't steal from Amazon. Yeah, but it would be a lot harder. It would have to involve drones. <laughs> You'd have to have a drone or hijacking their drones. Got to inside connect. I mean, maybe it's a different story. But yeah, yeah. So uh, what happened? We um, <laughs> I have a very vivid memory of you just like lifting up your arms in a victory symbol, and like your jacket like went up, and like just like displaying like. 10 toys like stuffed in your pants yeah yeah we were stealing star wars toys <laughs> and then like and then we we're just like laughing and being obnoxious and then we tried to leave and we had your girlfriend at the time shout out to susan kogsmierski yep she was waiting in the getaway vehicle <laughs> she was totally waiting in the getaway car <laughs> and then and then we we tried to make it through the checkout line and did we try and buy something? I felt like we like went and like we bought something like we were going to leave. Oh, that's a good question. I think I walked straight out cuz I remember him coming after me. Um yeah, and and another thing is this place was notoriously easy 
to steal from and that's why we were being extra brash like literally i remember looking up seeing the camera being like look there's a security camera ha 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 and then like flashing all that flashing all that merch to you and then later on as we were being detained by the security guard he told us that this was the only day of the week that he works oh <laughs> uh, yeah and he gave us some timeless advice too he said you know <laughs> totally. you judge people and you want to see if they're going to steal or not you look at their shoes you look at their shoes that's what he said he said i could tell right away you guys are going to steal <laughs> something because of your shoes now what shoes because i probably we I, I definitely would have been wearing some like fresh filas or like some fucking you know i had the crispy shoes back then so like what what was that what what would you have been wearing uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was wearing my Adidas cross trainers because those were those were pretty um, in pretty heavy rotation for me at that point. Wow, uh, I wonder what the theory about the shoes was. That I wonder, did we get a further explanation of that insight? Because that's like some Dao De Jing of like security guards. I know, right? I mean, not that I really recall. I remember him just saying, it's the shoes. you got to look at the shoes, and then you know. Like, I think the starter jacket would be a much better giveaway because it's the perfect... It's so big that it's the perfect thing to stuff full of stolen goods. Like, okay. That makes sense <laughs> to me. But who knows, man? I mean, because I feel like we had the same... I mean, maybe just like that we wear the shoes that every teenager was wearing and every teenager comes in there to steal. Like, maybe we weren't wearing, like, geriatric shoes or something. Like... Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was, was... for me though. Definitely, like I was like, oh yeah, people judge you by your shoes. I had not, you know, I'm like, we were what, like 15 or something at this point. Yeah, something or like 30. that. Yeah, 15, and... 16, because Susan probably would have just got her driver's license or whatever. Yeah. This was like a new yep. phenomenon to be like rolling around and you know doing these pl plotting these robberies, allegedly. And then, and then so what? I so they. Just walk back down this like a little bit more. They, the dude, call our parents. They didn't call the police. Your parents came and got us, and then we just got lectures, and then like nothing happened, right? Correct. Yeah, I remember having to go tell Susan that we got Scott, and she had to leave, like since he <laughs> left. And then uh, I guess he just let me walk out because you were already in there. But yeah, he took us up into the security booth, and like we hung out with him for like. I don't know, it felt like an hour or something. Like, I mean, my parents were 20 plus minutes away or something. I mean, that's where the house was. I don't remember what the situation that day was. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, they came and got us, which I don't have that clear of a memory of, but I remember just sitting up in there and then, yeah, him talking to us about a bunch of stuff. And I remember I got all of like our Toys R Us stolen merchandise out of the car and brought it in there. Like, cause she was leaving. So I was like, I'll get all my stuff. And I remember that he was like, Oh, did you steal this from Toys R Us? And then we're like, Oh shit. And I was like, no, we didn't steal this. We paid for it. And he went through it. And I think we had, I think actually what saved us was we had a receipt in there. And I think what it was is I think we, well, we could, there's two possibilities. One, we could have actually purchased something at Toys R Us. Um, but two, well, that, was 
you you steal a bunch of shit and then you pay for one thing. Right. But two, I remember we also I worked at a dollar store in Durham for for one of my jobs and we used oh. to do scams where we would steal or or borrow, we would allegedly borrow merchandise from the store that I worked at. Like we'd get in sometimes like cool stuff. Like I remember there was all these Star Wars board games that came in with a figure in them and some 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 like higher ticket items would come in. So I would borrow a bunch of them out the back door and then we'd take them to Toys R Us and return them and get like hundreds of dollars in credit <laughs> and get stuff that way too. So we might have even done a double whammy where I like return stuff. Cause I remember I remember I got I got like the N sixty four Zelda game and the like Lego Samurai Castle one day off of those returns, which was like a couple hundred dollars worth of <laughs> merchandise. So so we had a lot of like schemes going. And then also not to pile on, but also you and I uh allegedly uh brainstormed about robbing that dollar store together we had a few different brainstorms about <laughs> robbing that store we were coming up with some different ideas and we didn't end up doing it but uh we did have we did have a mind for petty crime a shared mind for petty crime at this time <laughs> yes we did <laughs> But yeah, that was super funny. I just remember that being really funny, spending like upwards of an hour with that guy, like up in that booth, and like really did take us under his wing. <laughs> he kind of did. He kind of like, did. He busted us. He started befriending us. Yes, it was so weird. <laughs> and I think didn't we ask him like what happens if we ran away? And didn't he say like one time I had to tackle somebody or something like that? Do you remember Which that? Bullshit. If people run away, they're just, they're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I don't <laughs> think he's like assaulting people and like injuring people. That would be insane. They probably just call the police. Yeah. And give you give them the footage, and then you probably do get caught. Wow, that's funny. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because I totally I would have remembered that afterwards, but I spaced that one. It's funny because a lot there are a lot of landmark memories, but then sometimes when I'll talk to someone, they'll come up with a memory that I have absolutely no recollection of, and that's always funny too. That's good, yeah. There's a one lot of, my, of stuff. One of my other favorite memories of you is just drawing together and you really actually getting into um drawing your Ricky the Roach character and I think that for you was like a was like a like a changing point in your game like where you started to think about drawing a little bit differently and you were you were really like wanting to put him it was like the beginning of your character design phase yeah and it really like as far as I as as I like look back um on your artistic trajectory like that was like a seminal moment you know, like where we would just like be doing bong hits on the baseball field across from my apartment. Yes. On school property, allegedly. Yes, um, he has to go on to school property to allegedly rip bong hits. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then, you know, just go and, and just draw a bunch. But yeah, the, you know, like that was really, um, you know, I, as far as like the, or, the origin story of like the ghost shrimp flavor. It all started right there with Ricky the Roach. Shout out to Ricky the Roach. Yeah. I hope they bring you back someday, man, because like I feel like he's uh you know, at this point he's family. 
I fully agree. I fully agree. And, and, and I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. I, you know, definitely like graphically, I remember just putting a lot more time into those drawings. And I remember vividly one where he's like sitting on a branch and like passing a joint to somebody. It was like this weird cockroach character, even though he had this weird human face. And then his superpower was just to make weed. <laughs> Because that was like one of probably the cool, <laughs> probably the coolest superpower we could think of at the time was just that he could manifest weed and he was just this little insect and he would be like smoking weed and then his nemesis was gonna be the roach raven. This is like the most like sixteen year old stoner character ever. His his uh, his nemesis was the roach raven who would come and snatch the roaches or whatever. Because you know we that's like a, that's like a stoner joke, right? Like if you put down a roach, the roach raven will grab it or something. Is that a thing or do we just make that up now that i'm saying it out loud it sounds weird it sounds weird i think you made it up <laughs> okay i just made it up <laughs> but uh but yeah no actually strangely enough i've been drawing the um i haven't been working on it for the last couple months but i'm but uh, definitely currently working on the beehive boy comic and uh ricky the roach got drawn into a panel and then subsequently drawn out of it it didn't work but he's uh he's creeping back in he looks more like a real roach now but uh he was he did as an insect or like a mostly smoke joint as like a big no as like a big insect smoking a joint he definitely was there so i think i i have a strong feeling he's going to uh show up in the beehive boy comic because he already uh showed up and ducked out but i think he's going to be back and for all our non-degenerate listeners out there, um, the end of a smoke joint that's smelly and covered with saliva and you really don't want to smoke it, but it gets passed to you and you smoke it anyway, uh, is usually affectionately referred to as a roach. Correct. Just, that is correct. <clears throat> but yeah, I remember uh, lot, lots of lots of days also chilling at the Hamby's house. Um, shout out to all the ham bros, all the Hamby brothers, or actually now the Whitz- the Whitzling brothers, I guess you'd say now, because they went back to their maternal uh, last name. But uh, our 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 buddy Jacob is killing it, building 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 uh, really high end like small cabins right now, and uh, he has like fucking seventy thousand Instagram followers, and he's going out with Playboy supermodel uh, Sarah Underwood, which is totally insane. And uh, yeah, it's totally insane. I gotta get Jacob what? on the pod, man. Yes, I swear to God, I couldn't. I was like. I was like, who's this girl in his pictures? And then she's tagged Sarah Underwood. And then I looked, he's totally going out with Sarah Underwood. And I, I just know her from seeing her on, uh, uh, she was on an episode of Ridiculousness. Um, but she is a Playboy model. I think maybe even a Playboy Playmate of the Year. She's like a pretty popular Playboy model. Nice. Well, and, at least you uh, what's uh, under the hood. Yeah, shout out to Jacob Hamby, our major homie. And I remember at the time that I was working at that dollar store, Shout out to Zyla's, uh, which allegedly some things were borrowed from, but I mean, of course, these are just alleged facts. Um, but we would—I uh, remember—I would—I would borrow it, like a couple grocery bags full of candy every day after after work, and I would head over to Jacob Hamby's house because uh, his their mom had like moved to England for a year or something like that, and the he three. Was yeah, okay, so the three brothers just had the run of the house, and we would go over there and hang every day and basically draw and smoke weed. I remember doing some Ricky the Roach drawings over there as well. Um, I actually lived there. Oh, did you live there? Because um, you'll remember I left my house when I was 17, yeah. um, middle of my junior year. 
I moved to Massachusetts to finish up high school my senior year, and right, then yeah. um, I somehow managed to finagle a radio internship at WUNH right. uh, with with Ian as my out of school counselor, like my homie. Yes, the, mo- the Mothership Connection. Shout out to the Mothership Connection. Yeah, uh, the mother- definitely connection. playing the like changing radio show. Um, <laughs> yeah, playing classic hip hop the, the on the on the on the. Uh, UNH College Radio. One of our uh, one of our high school homies had a seminal uh, hip hop show. I feel like I might have done a drawing or two for that. I feel like I might have done a flyer for the Mothership Connection at one point. I feel like you did, yeah. But yeah, no, I was. Uh, that was like the last quarter of my of my senior year of high school was staying at the Hambies without parental supervision. <laughs> yes. Um, and getting credit to go and work in the radio station with my friend. It was amazing. Wow. And um, and so yeah, when you came over every afternoon after school, that's the way. That's why I was there. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Good times for sure. Yeah, those were those were classic times, man. That, the, we had so many fun times uh, in high school. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. This is all like twenty years ago now. I, feel <laughs> I know. I was I was doing the math. I was like, holy shit, we've been friends for like twenty four, twenty five years. Like. There's definitely listeners that are not that old, and most of the Ghost Scouts, when they come here, are not that old. And shit, it's crazy that we've been friends for that long. <laughs> Woo! It's a good run, man. It's been a good run. I think, like, <clears throat> I was right down my little notes, and one of the notes that I was making, I think you are one of the people that I have truly explored uh existence and just reality and and the state of being alive and a human being and what that means i feel like you are one of the people that i've explored that with the most through through all the years just phone conversations and and uh, you know when we weren't in the same place and and real life uh, events when we were in the same place and obviously taking uh, lots of psychedelic drugs together and other drugs and all that stuff but just like you know you and me always have had this running dialogue really deeply about our our existence and 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 definitely in relation to one another too and developing that together and that's you know it's been one of the most uh, formative i think things in my life no doubt, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Some uh, some good times and some great memories, and definitely, I would not be the same person uh, without your punk ass in my life. So. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. I remember when you went to Pratt, and you're in New York, and nine eleven happened, and yes. talking with you on the phone immediately afterwards, and just like both of us just being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I remember, um, you know, when you graduated and came out and visited and you had your portfolio fresh out of school yeah Um, and that's back in the day when i was with the serendipity project and we're doing shows a lot still and getting you to go and say what's up to josh martinez yes before and i feel like that was like you know like a big moment for you as far as like starting to get your foot in the door with um i think it started with like the chicharrones and yeah yeah I- that was some of the first album cover work i ever did yeah i can't so i came out to visit you in santa cruz after college thinking i might live in california thinking i might live out there there was definitely a girl involved i had met a girl on a greyhound bus that lived out in oakland and uh part of going out there was to uh to try to connect with her which i can't i think like 
we did maybe did hang out or did I can't remember, but it, it it didn't manifest into anything. But we had a real strong connection on this bus ride once, and then uh, tried to follow it up, but it kind of petered out. But I remember coming out there and thinking I might live with you in Santa Cruz, uh, and I think I stayed out there for like a while. Didn't I go out there for like three or four weeks or something like that? Yeah, you were out here for a bit in the Bay Area. You yeah, stayed- okay. Oh yeah, staying with my yeah. uncle Steve. And then you went up to Oakland, and I think you saw like a themselves show or whatever, and you hooked up with Soul. That's when you, or not Soul, but um, uh, Dove's one. Right? Yeah, well, actually, I tried to hook. <laughs> it's so funny that so there's so much here. Yeah, that's well, but wait, let's backtrack a minute to the yeah the Chicharrones. So we went. I remember going to the Josh Martinez show. And, uh, and, and, and I remember we were sitting at the bar before the show and I remember I was just kind of staring at him and you're like, dude, don't just stare at him. Go fucking talk to him. And I was like, all right, all right. (laughs) I went and talked to him because you know, that, that was one of, uh, that was one of the early tactics was, um, to, uh, show up to a show early and then, you know, try to go talk to the performers that, that we like and, and try to, you know, I think I gave him a couple ghost shrimp shirts and showed him my portfolio. And I think I actually got him to hire me to do a drawing and then, um, met him at the next show. Like we, we saw him somewhere maybe in Santa Cruz or whatever. And then I think then I traveled up to like San Francisco and then maybe turned in the job to him or something. There was, he, I got him to hire me like right then. And then, and then followed up, I think got paid for the job at his next show in, uh, in, uh, up in San Francisco or whatever, which is super hilarious, but I did multiple album covers for them. <laughs> And, and definitely, uh, that was definitely the the kind of the some of the first like album covers. I feel like I did for people that weren't my friends. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I did meet Dose. I actually tried to talk to Dose, and then and then I I think he was kind of annoyed by me trying to talk to him, and I didn't really get to connect with him that night. Of course, later on, we become really good friends, and uh, really good friends to this day, and and still talk about uh, actually a new project we might be working on. Um, but, uh, I, I did connect with alias that night, um, from he's, he's actually a fellow new Englander and uh, he ended up giving me a ride back to my oh, uncle's house that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was a very, uh, that was a very, you know, I was just coming out of school and really just carrying around drawings and hustling really hard to, uh, just start to get paid for illustrations. Cause I, didn't want to do anything else ever than that. And you haven't, which I have to say, I've always been really impressed by. It's true, man. I somehow have managed to year after year, put it together, you know, involve myself in a lot of, uh, other wacky adventures, uh, from, from building the cabin on mystery mountain to, uh, going out to LA to come in here and, and all that. But yeah, every step of the way I've been drawing for a living, which, uh, was definitely the goal, but, uh, also just all the things I've been able to do just blow my mind. Like just never, ever, you know, and you can appreciate this being there from, from before the beginning, you know, just thinking that you know, I always say, like, I thought that if I could draw some comics and draw some album covers and smoke weed every day, that, that would have like surpassed my expectations. So I never expected to, uh, have as much success as I've had in my career, which is, which is just totally crazy. And I'm so thankful for it, man. I remember when you first got your, uh, you know, 
like the call to go out to LA and you're like, fuck that. I just built this cabin. I'm going to spend the winter in it. Yeah. And I just for being like, who turns down an opportunity to go work at Cartoon Network? You crazy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Everybody thought I was totally crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was when Thorup first hit me up to work on Flapjack. It was before it was a show. And I was really on this personal quest and personal challenge to like, build that little cabin up in the woods and see if I wanted to live in the woods and do this kind of homesteading lifestyle thing. And I was just really hellbent on that, which probably to every, but to every outsider seemed like a very strange career move, uh, to just like go like even deeper into the woods of New England and, uh, and turn down, uh, job opportunities that everybody hopes to get coming right out of school. Um, but, uh, but yeah, eventually I did end up like, you know, maybe a year later or whatever, taking him up on some offers to do freelance storyboards. And of course the rest is history where I was, uh, fired and then, <laughs> then hired the next day to design the world for adventure time. Yeah. Do you remember, did I, did, I must've called you when I got fired. Did I call you right when I got fired or shortly yeah, afterwards? You were, you were in an absolute panic and you were oh pissed off. Dude, and you were you were definitely like completely unhinged like what am i gonna do yeah i have no idea yeah and uh you know that's just the way that life works i feel like you know um you put yourself into a situation and sometimes you know in your head it's one thing but life has another thing planned for you and you know um that's a prime example of something like that happening. Yeah. And, you know, like without all that other stuff happening, who knows if Adventure Time would have been, you know, an option. Right. So for all of you uh, struggling artists and illustrators and designers and creatives out there that, you know, are just grinding and not seeing the fruits of your labor yet, just put your head down, you know, stay true to yourself, keep digging in for that inspiration Keep staying true to what brings you happiness and satisfaction and trust that that is going to carry you through because uh, if anything, that's the main lesson that you have taught me. Yeah, that's a public servant's announcement from the Chooch Lords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, that's one thing I've always been good at is just like working. You know, once I once I did find that 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 outlet in drawing and and realizing that that could actually like be my reality you know i think i was just i mean you know me i'm like you know i'm not gonna let go if i have something i'm you know as you've 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 uh affectionately uh you know accused me many times of being one of the most stubborn people you know and i think that that translates directly into uh, you know, if you see that goal ahead of you and you know, it's just between, you know, it the, the only thing in between you and that goal is hard work. It's like, boom, I, I can do that. So that's one of the things that I've been able to do is just get that work ethic and, 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 and just not stop doing it with something I love. Of course, I have absolutely no ability to work on or focus on anything that doesn't interest me, which, uh, makes everything other than following my passion, extremely hard to do. But, uh, once I got that, <laughs> You know, as, as you know, in school, uh, I struggled mightily and uh, and barely made it through. I mean, so much of high school was such a joke anyway. And, uh, you know, we definitely that goes right back to us just fucking clowning in class and getting kicked out and suspended and in school suspended and being like, fuck this and walking home and all that shit so much. Which, you know, for every teenager, I think is a very real experience. Like, 
maybe not every, but a large portion. Definitely. Um, you know, because it's like as a teenager, you don't fit in the world that you just came from, which is your world of your childhood. Yeah. And you certainly aren't accepted by the world that you're going into, uh, which is the world of adulthood. And generally, I remember just having the feeling of like, fuck that. Adults suck. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's like it's really tough to find your place and find your way. And yeah. um, throughout it all, art and music have always been the things that have um, made me feel grounded and sane. And, um, you know, I just feel like we were really lucky to grow up in the era that we did. Yeah. And, you know, like I just watched all eyes on me last night for the first time. And, uh, it, it really brought me back. It really brought me back to the, to the mothership connection days Mm -hmm. because that was like, uh, the co-host, I forget what his name was, but that's like Tupac was his jam and he was always playing Tupac and, Mm -hmm. and was always bagging on him for just like, that's all he ever wanted to play. But you know, like the nineties were a crazy time to be alive. Really. I feel like the, the two thousands have been, um, a wild ride as well, but the platform of music, um, I think has just evolved into something a lot different than it was kids. And I think there's something that has been lost, um, as far as like how albums are, listen to like now it's all about streaming and you know singles and the the album <coughs> um and like that ritual of you know having to wait until you could get your hands on an album to hear it like yeah. there was the internet there was you know the only the the mothership connection was like the internet before the internet if you wanted to find some cool music like you didn't just go look on a music blog you didn't just log into spotify you didn't just go on a pandora or whatever you, you had to turn on the radio and listen to it and like put put in a tape and press record if you wanted to get that new shit. Yeah, no doubt. We would tape the Mothership Connection and then because we had the we had the in there, we would go in there and actually tape a lot of stuff. We would throw a record on it. We uh, you know, the the show would be going on and then we'd be able to go and like use another setup to like just record albums and shit. And I remember, yeah, that was such a big part of it is us like uh, you know, buying albums and then swapping albums and taping them for each other and having so many tapes. Like I have so many boxes of cassette tapes in my parents' house and you'd write out all the tracks and all that shit. It was, you know, there was such a, yeah, there was, there's so much effort that went into it and that made it like feel so tangible and special. And, uh, and yeah, now it is, now it is really a different thing. Yeah. It's good and bad, you know, there's pros and cons, but I mean, um, I think, you know, in the world of today, it's just everything's so instantly accessible that sometimes, you know, and which is great in many ways. Um, but in many ways, it like it takes away from the reward yeah. that you get by putting in that effort yeah. to do something that gives you something like inspiration Definitely. that's intangible and like not really like measurable, yeah. you know, Um. I think I'm sound, sounding like an old fart. But oh, you old man! <laughs> um, one of the one of definitely the most when you think of the most classic nights that we've ever spent. What comes to mind? Oh, definitely um, the night of senior graduation. Okay, uh, that's uh, definitely one of them. That's definitely one of them. Yep, go in ahead. Woods, we had like what, like ten, like I don't know eight to 10 people. Yep. 
um, who like so just to give some context, uh, we graduated in '99. Yep. So we were the we were like the last class of the 20th century. And um, the school celebration thing was to do like an overnight cruise in in like the harbor, like in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or something. Oh, that's hilarious! I didn't even remember that. But I didn't even go to prom or anything. I was like not involved in any extracurricular activities. (laughs) Over it at that point. (laughs) But yeah, so then like we had our own like you know graduation celebration. We had some excellent liquid acid, which I don't. I get that. I don't remember where we got it, but I couldn't um, say. I don't know. But it was really good, and like we all dosed, and like I mean, you and I were like tight friends at yeah. that point. Yeah. But I, like after that, like it like it kind of went on a different level. Was that the first time that we took acid together? No. Okay, I was gonna say that couldn't have been. No. But I do remember. Yeah, I remember like just watching the Maybe sun come up. Yeah. Okay. We were pretty, we were pretty uh, fresh still, but um, man, yeah, that would probably be the one, the like the biggest one. Do you, do you have any? Um, well, uh, yeah, no, I mean, of course, the Zoloft night. <laughs> the, the, so, 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 I was on, uh, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of, I, is Zol, I can't even remember if Zol, Zoloft is probably an antidepressant. And then uh, we also had Ritalin. We had a whole bunch of, uh, we had a veritable pharmacy at our house because me and my little brother were both diagnosed with severe ADHD and and, and thoroughly medicated uh, throughout the, throughout like a good four year period for me. And I can't remember exactly, I think my brother stayed on it longer than me. Um, but uh, frequently we would use the, uh, those psychiatric drugs for recreational purposes and this night in particular i remember what do you remember about this night oh man i remember like you basically like splitting half the bottle with you of zoloft pills and just taking a bunch of them and then like just like sitting in your basement and drawing and tripping out hard yeah. i remember you having like hallucinations i wasn't having them but you were, i i clearly remember you seeing a vein in the ceiling and like you're like there's a vein yeah. it's bleeding <laughs> All kinds of weird shit. That sounds like the most cliche hallucination. No, I can totally remember. It's the first time I ever tripped. And I remember we had, I think we probably just started out pretty casually popping a pill here and there, but we kept taking them and we took, we split, We they were 100 milligram pills of Zoloft and we split 32 of them. I remember I had 18 and you had 14. I vividly remember this, which is like yeah. probably like we pro- like we're probably close to we probably did damage to our bodies and and could have maybe even come close to some kind of overdose because it is the worst hangover I've ever had in from any substance I've ever taken <laughs> in my life. Um, it was like a 48 hour hangover um, and I couldn't unscrunch my face like my face was scrunched <laughs> up and my parents were like, what is wrong with your face? And I was like, oh, it's just in my, oh, it's just bright in here. Like I, literally, my face was fully tensed and scrunched, and I couldn't unscrunch it for like two days. It was total insanity. 
But I, yeah, I remember, I remember taking a shit in that basement bathroom, and and the floor was melting like lava. I think that was the first hallucination I ever saw. It was just bubbling up, and I was like, "Dude, the floor's melting!" And you're like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh shit, I think I'm tripping." And then we just started cracking up, and then I remember I saw like a bird on your shoulder, and I like punched it, <laughs> and, and I don't remember the vain one. So that's funny that you remember that, but that sounds like a really like almost corny cliche. There's a vein. It's dripping on me, man. Um, but yeah, that was a classic night. And, uh, and then I remember we, we, so we took this for over the period of the whole night. We also snorted a bunch of my brother's Ritalin on top of this. And I'm sure we were smoking weed as well. I don't know. Probably alcohol wasn't part of it. Do you remember if there, there was any alcohol involved? I don't think we had any alcohol. That That's night. probably if we did, we probably would have died. Um, <laughs> and, but I do remember that we wrote a note and like left it in the front room because we went on like a like a fucking two in the morning like trek or something downtown to store 24 and uh i think we went there anyway maybe we just maybe we just said we went there but i think that's what the note said i remember i wrote it on like a legal pad or whatever like just in case my parents came down and we weren't there in the fucking middle of the night um uh, what grade would this have been in do you do you have any idea I think we were freshmen, maybe sophomores. Okay, so like 15, 16 years old. Right around the time of our general debauchery from previous stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, this uh, is probably a month or two after we got caught stealing. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't remember what else we did, but I remember we went downtown. I don't really. Do you remember what we were doing downtown? Um, I just remember it was snowy. Okay. And I think we had the munchies or something and we we like wanted to just like go and like get candy and drinks and whatever and you know get out of the house. Yeah. That's funny, man. Oh man, another super classic uh era was the era of somehow and I didn't even write this down, I just thought of it, but somehow we got into this thing where like one time I challenged you to drink some like skanky bong water and like oh you God. and like you drank it and then you're like I will drink any bong water anywhere anytime and i was like what and of course because we're maniacs like i took advantage of this like i feel like quite a bit before you called it off like i feel like yeah. i feel like you might have drank like a dozen bongs before you like not in a row like this was over the span of time like that just wherever there was like a i remember i would wait till we saw saw like a real nasty one and then be like dude you gotta fucking drink this and you would fucking drink it and i don't think you ever threw up I was an animal, dude. I don't know how I managed to do that. What it all stemmed from was like that, like urban myth that you drink the bong water and you get more stone. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that makes sense. And I just was like, oh, that sounds like yeah, sure, okay, why not? Let's drink it. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's true. I wonder if like the residue in there so, can absorb into your stomach. No, I don't think so, man. Yeah. Because what the bong water does is it filters out all the toxins that are you know, like that are in the smoke. Right. So that, so, so you're basically just drinking all the carbon and ash from right. the, the bowl that didn't go in your <laughs> That is true. That is true. Right. <laughs> oh, gross. But, the, but it does, doesn't it get like all resonated inside kind of, doesn't there, isn't there any kind of resin residue or whatever? Yeah, which is all oil based and separates from the water. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that was still very classic and very entertaining. Because I remember we would do it at parties and shit, and people would be like, no way. And I'd be like, yo, he's going to fucking do it. <laughs> we were definitely party animals. We definitely... How about my wrestling phase? You remember my wrestling phase? Yeah, yeah. No, I remember we wrestled a lot. But do you remember when... So, like, we... Once, once I had, like, left my house, and I was 17... Um, that's when I really started to while out and we used to go and we grew up in Durham, New Hampshire, which is like, you know, number one drinking college in the country or something. Sometimes. It's pretty insane. Yeah. We it's started insane. party. We started going to the frat parties like right away in high school all the time. And pretending we were college students as well. Yeah. And, and, um, I got into this wrestling phase at one point where once I was like lit, you know, and we didn't call it lit back then. It was wasted. Yeah. Uh, once we were, once we were like officially wasted, that's when I would always just want to like wrestle. And yeah. I clearly remember just at one point, especially on one night, like testosterone, like coursing through my veins, you know, being like, I'll wrestle anybody and like wrestling three people in a row. And then like, I beat the first two guys. And then the last two just like housed me. Yeah. And I was so beat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was definitely uh, some more debauchery. Yeah, no, I remember definitely having a lot of fucking crazy wrestling sessions when we were wasted. And then at a certain point, I remember you came, well, I remember two insights you had. I remember one was that it doesn't matter how big the person is I'm wrestling. It matters if I want, if I like, I have more, like, if I want it more, I can beat them. I remember you saying that, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of yeah. like the size of the dog in the fight or whatever, right? That's kind of like that, 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 uh, saying. And then, um, what was the other one? Oh, the other, the other realization was at a certain point, you were like, we need to stop wrestling because someone's going to get seriously hurt. I remember after like a few years of this phase, there was like a moratorium on wrestling because you decided like, you were like, someone's going to get seriously injured if we keep doing this. Like maybe, did someone get injured? Uh, well, not in our circle of friends, but yeah, yeah. um, yeah, one of my friends, Andy, he, um, this was like one of my friends from my senior year at my new school, who I have a other crazy story about, but I'm not going to like, that's a side, side tangent. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He wound up wrestling and breaking his leg. Oh my God. And yeah, he like, he was living in Colorado and then he had to like move back home to Massachusetts and like stay with his parents and have like, you know, like bolts put into his leg all because they were just like drunk and wrestling. So oh, wow. it's, just, it's, um, you know, if you're going to wrestle, just, you know, don't be stupid. Don't break your friend. <laughs> yeah, we would go out. We would go after it pretty hard. I do remember one time. At a bonfire at Spencer Franzway's house after high school, I remember me and Tyler were wrestling one time, and he totally jacked my neck up so hard, and I couldn't look the other way for a long time, like one of those <laughs> ones where your neck gets tweaked. I do remember that. <laughs> Shout out to Tyler Price. Shout out to Neckbeard. He's a uh, big fan of the podcast. Yeah. What's up, Neckbeard? He puts like 30 plus comments on every episode on SoundCloud. Although he's been slacking. I haven't seen comments on like the last several episodes, although we have been blitzing them. They've been coming out in quick succession. Yeah. Man. Um, let me see what other, uh, what, what, are there any other things that come to mind as I look over my list here? Oh yeah. Really good one. Really good one. How about, I think it was, uh, it was around the same time, um, 
as our um, previous escapade in the woods uh, post senior uh-huh. was uh, the time at Adams Point. We had like oh my god, this oh my god, and like a handful of other people, and somehow we had gotten our hands on some beer and forties. We were all about the forties back yes. in the day, uh-huh. and uh, we allegedly. Um, this is big, allegedly, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that neither of us uh, were were directly <laughs> directly had hands on what you're about to say. I'm just going to come out and say that up front. We allegedly lit the out the like you know historically significant outhouse at Adams Point on fire. Yes, and yes. Burned that to the ground. Yes. <laughs> which is terrible, which is probably if I could go back and undo, there's like a few things that I'd probably go back and undo. That was probably one of the least cool, like really debaucherous things that we got involved in. Like people were probably really upset about that. Oh my God. I'm just amazed that we didn't um, ever get caught for any of this nefarious bullshit. Yeah. And then of course, also jumping in the car and fucking insanely drunk driving to another one bites the dust after like half of these events. Like (laughs) I can remember cramming into that tiny car and fucking just speeding through these dirt back roads, like way too fast when everybody is obviously, what's that? Was it Adam Nicolazzo's car? His little Nissan? Could be, yeah. I was thinking maybe it was Joel's, but I, I don't remember. But someone's tiny-ass you know, car. Because yeah. Yeah. Joel prelude and and Adam had, like, the little Nissan ZX6 or whatever. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those were, uh, those. yeah, I just remember thinking at the time, like, this isn't safe, but just being like, who fucking cares? Like, <laughs> really being, you know, being that invincible. Uh, being that invincible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm glad that we got away. I mean, yeah, go ahead. We um, freaked everybody out by going and stealing a canoe yep. from the search station. And, like, we, like, paddled out to, like, out into the bay of, of um, Adams Point. And yep. then, like, and then, like, went and then, you know, kind of, like, crept up on people. Yeah. Do you remember that part? Yeah, totally. I thought what me, you, and Matt Jenkins. Uh, no, it was just you and you and I. Oh, it was just so, you and me. Oh, I have Matt in there for some reason. Our friend who well, later he was went there, on. That, but yeah. I don't think he. I don't. I think just you and I were on the canoe. Okay. Yeah. So the setup was like the this this we this this uh, this this. <laughs> This historical outhouse had been burned. I mean, pushed it across. Some people, somebody pushed it across the like field and burned it on the beach. And then everybody was sitting there around it as like a bonfire. There's a whole group of people. And then, and then, yeah, we went down to the to the scientific research station and heisted a canoe. And then we came around the peninsula and like and like canoed in. And did we start shouting at them like about being in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, they're probably so scared. Good times. Yeah, I feel like we actually could have gotten in some serious trouble for that. Although probably not. Probably it would just um, be like a fine or something like that. And just, you know, for our listeners out there who might be concerned about per, you know, theft of university property, we returned the canoe. Yeah, the canoe was yeah, I mean and it would have even if we didn't, it would have just been on the beach fucking one second away. So We did not burn the canoe. We didn't burn the canoe. Oh don't did we? But did we? We might have. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't really clearly remember. Yeah, yeah. Lots of uh lots of hazy memories. Were you running around naked that night or were you just or, or do I have another story in my mind that is 
combining with that? Uh, I do not re- recall running around naked. That okay, night. I have that image in my head, but that might be from a different uh, a different time. They all blend together. <laughs> Maybe okay. even a story too. You sometimes stories create these visuals in your mind, and then you don't know what you were there for and what you just were told and stuff. That's funny how that yeah, works. I, the only time that I ever got so fucked up that it took off my clothes was when I was on mushrooms, and it, this was in Santa Cruz after I had. Um, been living there for a couple of years and you weren't there that night. Actually. I just remember like being on a good one yeah. and just like getting so high that I just, I lost all self-consciousness and I didn't care yeah. what people thought about me. Yeah. All I wanted to do was to just feel my, <laughs> my body in the ocean without any clothes on. Yeah. And then that led to me just running around like a crazy wild monkey and like jumping into huge puddles yeah. and uh, just basically being a degenerate, which yeah. I was, was really good at. <laughs> yeah, I think actually now that you say that, I think that's where that image is from. And I think it is from a story. I don't think I was actually there. No, I think I managed to keep my clothes on pretty much all the, all the rest of the times. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. protect your body protect your body with clothing um and then of course uh you were uh obviously one of the earliest ghost scouts uh original ghost scouts what do you first remember about ghost scouts what are your first memories of just like not even just the actual events but like uh, the mention of Ghost Scouts. Like, do you remember when I first would have brought this up to you or when or your first memories of this kind of being a thing? Oh, man. Well, you know, I think that it really boils down to, like, as soon as you say this, what what pops into my mind is, like, your epic website. Yep. And I think, I think, like, a lot of your success has derived from that website because I've never seen a website like that <laughs> that was a cool website yeah for for people who i think it's actually for a while it was most of it was archived on some website archive website like they you can just type in old urls and it was there so uh if you can find a archival website website uh it was goshrimp.net now that just redirects to my current website but what i did was i made this set of drawings that were probably about like 10 like i want to say they were taller than me if you laid them out and it, like you started the homepage of the website was this scene above the ground and it had various rollovers that I did, uh, you know, just in Dreamweaver or whatever. So you'd roll over different areas and different actions would happen, like your character would pop up or something like that. And it had some different sections on top. But then as you scrolled down, you went underground in the website and then there was like a comic section and it was like a whole bunch of insects like making comics on this wacky like Dr. Seuss comic machine. And like there would be rollovers of them doing like cutting with scissors and making comics and stuff like that. And it went down and down and down. And eventually when you got to the bottom of it, it revealed that all of this was just like in my head. And then I was like this giant character like floating in space, like making a drawing or something like that. And I still I still have all those drawings and those files. I should post them up for people to see. Yeah, man, that'd be dope. That was fun, though. That was cool. But yeah, that's for me. Like that was really when you had started to talk about the Ghost Scouts. Okay. And and, uh, and then like the other thing, for some reason, the just this video of you and uh, and Grant Zazula um, with a bicycle and a tree. Yes. That's, 
that video to me just I don't know, man. It just cracked me the fuck up. And like every time I think about like origin, like Ghost Scout origin stories, that that definitely uh, factors in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah, we were kind of doing our own like little soft jackass type of stuff, and we would just go fool around in the woods. And I remember we had a little kid's bike. And yeah, we would like get on some jumpsuits or whatever, and we would just make wacky videos. That was the time that I was making those really funny videos with like Brady and Noah as well, um, who were yeah. kids that who were kids that I would babysit. We would just get, go up in the attic and like put on all these clothes, and then like just make up some like super wacky videos where like they would be in like a tutu. Like I remember one Brady's like in a tutu, and he's like it starts out where he's in a suitcase and he unzips himself from the suitcase, and then he emerges and he has like. He has like scuba, uh, like snorkel stuff on his head, and he has a he has a t- one of my sister's tutus on, and he's like probably like a like an eight year old kid or something at the time, and uh, and and then he starts just and he has swim fins on, and he starts dancing around the backyard like running circles, and then he's like falling all over himself because he has the fins on, and then it ends up where he like where we reverse the footage and he zips himself back into the suitcase, so we make all these like funny videos like that, and eventually our our. Uh, my mom and their mom shut it down because they thought it was too. They thought they actually thought that pedophiles were going to come abduct them because these videos were going on the internet. Um, I strongly remember that and being so mad that they we were doing this really fun creative stuff and that our our moms were shutting it down. But uh, you know, it, it is what it is. The mom shut down. The mom shut down. Uh, I remember what, what the end of it was. One time, she drove in the driveway to like pick them up, and Brady, who's like again like this eight or nine year old kid, and I'm like you know a high school fucking or like a senior or whatever, or maybe this was after. I don't know if this was even even after school, right when I was back home living with my parents or something. But um, they, uh, he was running around the front yard in like a bra, and she was like, "Nope, this is over. This is over." Which is definitely, <laughs> you know, I could see, uh, you know, as a, you know, as 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 more mainstream people, I could see how uh, they would be thinking that putting their son on the internet in a bra might lead to some bad things happening. But, uh, but yeah, we would make these funny videos at the time. And, uh, yeah, I remember that one, I was trying to get Grant to like climb up in a tree with that kid's bike with a little kid bike and then like ride out of the tree or something like that in the swamp down by the high school. Cause there was that swath. It was like, we live my parents' house on the road. And then it was like a five minute walk to the high school and the middle schools right in between both schools. And, uh, and there was a, there was like a patch of woods that you would go through that was swampy and stuff to get to the school and uh yeah we had a lot of uh debauchery in those in those woods for sure lots of uh on the way to school or coming out of school or after school um partaking in drugs in those woods uh lots of pot smoking before school there I remember even when I was in my wheelchair, we would wheel through the woods so that we could smoke pot. And then one day, like one of my, one of the treads to the wheel fell off. And it was like a whole journey to try to get to the school. And then Mr. Troy, the shop teacher, had to like jack the tread back on the wheel. Um, but yeah, lots of really, really, uh, lots of really fun times in those woods. Um, those woods were like full of mad dog bottles, mad dog 2020s. And there was lots of kids obviously doing, uh, lots of nefarious activities in those woods. Oh yes. Um, 
but yeah, that was funny. So yeah, so and then of course you were at the first Ghost Scout Summit. Uh, me and Tight Jeans Mocklinson were just talking about this in his episode of the podcast, um, where it rained for a week straight, and it was you and Tight Jeans and his friend Mark. So basically, him and his best friend, and me and my best friend, being you, and the four of us, just basically like hung out under uh, under like a we had like maybe three tarps set up. <laughs> and, and just way up on this mountain in the woods and uh, basically torrentially downpoured for like a week. Yeah, man. That was epic. Yeah, yeah, that's how it all started. That was the first actual event. That was the first Ghost Scout Summit, the first gathering of the Ghost Scouts. Yeah, totally. And then the next one, the next year's was pretty good too. I remember that. We had a few more people. Yep. Different, different spot. It yep. was... Uh, it was it was really nice. So, um, and then the next year, the third one, I think that was that was pretty awesome too. And that's when you had started to look at land, right? Right. And that was the one that we did up in Maine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote that on down on the list. So, so while I was looking for property, um, I you know was looking for years. I would spend hours and hours and hours kind of combing real estate websites, local real estate websites in northern New England. Just looking at the raw land and and what was around it and thinking about where I might want to, you know, buy the land that I was going to buy. So I was on this wacky mission um, and uh, and and I ended up we and and I would go look at some of the land. So this was the time that I was I was on, I think, about maybe season two of Adventure Time. And, uh, and, and I, 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 I went home to look at some different properties and there was one plot of land up in Maine and I want to say it was like 60 acres or something like that for maybe like $72,000. I forget what it was, but it was a pretty, pretty cool piece of land and it was up by Acadia. Maybe those numbers aren't right. I can't remember, but it was somewhere like that. And it was, it was up in, it was up by Acadia and, uh, and, uh, we went up there and, uh, and uh, it was it was me, you, Tight Jeans, Mocklinson, uh, Pete Browngart. Shout out Pete Browngart, creator of Uncle Grandpa and Zeker Mountain Four. Awesome. He flew out from LA with me uh, to go on this uh, adventure. And then uh, of course Eb was there, um, the the owner of Mystery Mountain, where I where I built my first cabin. And uh, was anybody else there? Can't really remember. I think I feel like it. somebody else was, but I I'm not sure. Okay. I feel like there were five or six people. But yeah, we basically, I asked the real estate agent, like, hey, I want to come look at this property. Can I camp out there for a week? And she, or no, not, not a week, a weekend. Um, and then uh, and then she was like, sure. And I guess the owner, like, lived in Texas or something. There was no residence on the property. It was just raw land. And um, it turned out a lot of it was pretty swampy. And that's what ended up, that why, why I didn't get it. But it was a really cool piece of property. Um, it just wasn't exactly what I was looking for. It was a little farther away. It was like four plus hours from where my parents live. So I think I wanted to be a little bit closer. We're like three hours right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, I remember we, it, it was really cool. Because it, it, do you want to talk about it? Talk, talk about what you remember from it. Uh, I, I don't remember that much. Okay. I remember it being again, kind of rainy and cold, uh-huh. <laughs> like middle of the summer for some reason. Classic New uh, England. You never know what's going to happen with the weather. Right. Uh, I remember copious amounts of drinking and, uh, drug usage happening. Um, yep. I remember some epic canoe trips. Yep. Uh, and that's about it really. Yep. I remember it mainly just being really muddy. 
Yeah, it was yeah, it was a wet property and it was raining. So the things I remember are we took mushrooms and yeah, they had it there was like a there was a there was a tidal brook that came through the property and it was through this like grasslands what what's maybe called an estuary or something like that. I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but that's the word I have in my head. Um, where it's like, it's just in a kind of an important ecological zone. And it was a tidal brook that went out to the ocean, but it was a bit of a trek out to the ocean. It took a little bit to get there, but we took some trips out there and it came out to like this little beach and then it opened up into this bay, this ocean bay, but the tide would go up and down. So I remember we took mushrooms and then, and then not everybody could fit in the canoe. So I think like, I remember you guys, I think went, you and, and a couple other dudes went on a mission out to a night mission, I think on mushrooms to go out to the, to go out to the ocean. And then by the time you guys were coming back, the tide had dropped all the way down and you guys <laughs> were like trying to, try to get the canoe back, like, like up this, up this like long winding brook. Basically, that was your pathway home, but there was no water in it, and you guys were like going through like just deep ass mud, and it was like a real pain in the ass. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's where the memory of mud comes from. Okay, and maybe, maybe I'm was I there with you? Because I now I'm thinking that I can see it, but again, it might just be the story. So I can't remember if I was on that mission or not. I feel like I would have wanted to go. Sure. Yeah, so I probably was. I guess I probably was. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe like Pete stayed back. I can't remember, but it was really funny. I remember us all like shitting cause there was no place there. So we just all found like different shit spots. I remember I found like this little like tree that had fallen over and kind of like in the crotch of the tree, it formed a little Y and I would like sit there and take all my shits all weekend there. So there was like a big pile of shit and like toilet paper there and kind of buried it at the end. But I remember we left a lot of bombs out there, um, on the property and uh but again this is like vast we weren't like trashing it this was like vast untapped wilderness and like that's just kind of what you do and and i covered up at you the end take all the garbage we are oh yeah we took out all our garbage for sure yeah yeah I, I think we actually might have left one like grill grate there if i remember correctly there might have been like one little grill grate we left behind like on a campfire or something like that on purpose or not yeah. on purpose i can't remember that's just in my mind um, I also remember, didn't you, didn't you and Pete get attacked by a turkey in the woods? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That happened. Recount yep. what you remember. Cause I remember the story, but I definitely didn't witness that even though I can once again, see it perfectly in my mind. Oh, man. I mean, it's really vague because I was tripping, dude. No, I don't and, think that happened when you were tripping. I think that was at a different, separate time. Oh, yeah, no. I think that's when we first got there and we were, like, exploring uh-huh. and trying to find a place to of where we were camping. And, yeah, this turkey was, like, not having it. But I, I honestly don't really remember it that clearly. I just remember vaguely, like, <laughs> okay. I had just met Pete and we were, like, kind of shooting the shit, like, you know, exploring, like, just woods and grass and stuff. And all of a sudden this fucking huge aggro turkey's like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes, yeah. I remember you guys must have walked near the nest. And I also, I remember you guys and, and Pete, of course, like he, he loves to like tell wacky stories. And he, I remember he's getting real into it. And he was saying how it fucking came up and it was like flying at you guys. And I think you had some kind of stick and you like beat it back. Like you were like beating it in the air. Like you were like swinging at it because it was fucking <laughs> flying at you guys. That's the story that I remember in which I can yeah, go. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, I could totally see it in my mind. <laughs> oh yeah, I have another good memory of uh, of of debauchery. Well, not really debauchery, but um, this this was actually with another one with uh, with tight jeans. Um, and I think it was it was during the year of the first Ghost Scout Summit, um, where uh, Keenan. Um, your dog, shout out to Keenan and Banks. Yep. Um, got hit by a porcupine. Yes. On the and we had to hold him down. And I had a, I used to always be real um, adamant about always having my, uh, you know, um, multi tool on me. And so I luckily had pliers on me. And we had to have you and Steve like holding down Keenan. And I was like, like ripping porcupine quills out of his snout yeah yeah i remember that that happened several times because was that the time that it happened and then we got him all out and then he went right back and came back with more uh that well i don't think he came back with more after that but what i remember um happening i'm not it that could have happened actually that happened one time i can't remember if it was that time but that definitely did happen once (laughs) i just also remember um like shortly thereafter like one of the next times that I came up to visit you at the cabin on, uh, on mystery mountain. And this time it was Banksy. I remember and- that one. That was a real tough one. That was like, that was like fighting a man. Cause Banks is like 90 pounds and like very strong. And I just remember it being so fucking like it taking like an hour and it was yeah. so, and he was like bleeding and fighting and he just would not stop fighting. And I remember I was just like, just wrestling him with all my might to try to fucking hold him still. And it was so hard and so frustrating. Yeah. And he had all these little ones. Like yeah. Tiny, yeah. Little- yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, things and and that was why it was so hard to get to like because like the slightest movement and then you had to like wrestle him back down to be still and get the pliers right to that little um quill and then pull it out yeah and it was like as soon as you got close to the quill he's like no 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 yeah 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 he would wait till just that moment and then struggle with all his might and it was like just my god it's like the strength of three men like it's, it's <laughs> animal strength is just on another fucking level man <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Um, yeah, that was, those were, there was a lot of fun times up there. That was, those were fun summits and all that stuff. Uh, I'd love to get back there. We, we should have a, we should have another gathering there sometime when everybody can go and, and relive those, uh, those old classic times on Mystery Mountain. I was just hitting, I was trying to, when I was back home a couple weeks ago, I was trying to connect with Eb and Abe. I was talking to them, but Eb was out of town uh, skiing at Sugarloaf or boarding at Sugarloaf, and then uh, everybody got sick. We all got sick, so I didn't get to connect with uh, with Charlie Pullout. But we're going to get – I was talking about getting Charlie on the pod because um, uh, he'd have a lot of really funny stories about all that early time on the land <laughs> up at Mystery Mountain. And also the story about him – fucking falling you know he used to work for like the amc huts or whatever the appalachian mountain club um both of them did and uh and 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 charlie has a a crazy story about falling Uh, he's up there like trimming some brush with uh there's two girls up there working with him and he falls on the falls on the trimmers and fucking gouges his guts out and fucking has to has to hike himself down the mountain holding his guts in because the girls couldn't carry him and like him almost dying from doing that so uh, I want to get him to come on and tell that story, which reminds me, it's, it's really funny. And early before, like years and years and years ago, I remember thinking 
that you know there's so many of us that have so many funny stories i was like someday i'm gonna do i I don't think podcasts existed yet then but i was like probably thinking more in video terms i was like someday i'm gonna have a show where we just come on and all like all of our friends all the ghost scouts and stuff like tell their crazy stories and voila (laughs) voila the ghost river friends podcast has arrived boom so, uh, but that's a good place to stop um, because uh, we have a, just a few minutes here before I have to go get my son Wolf from the bus stop as usual at the end of this podcast. I uh, usually uh, do it right after lunch uh, in between uh, that and, and, and going to get Wolfie. So, that parent uh, life. Yeah, living that parent life. We are both, we started out as these wild ass kids <laughs> snorting all of our medications and doing all this debauchery. And now we're both dads. Shout out to debauchery. Yep. Shout out to becoming a dad and uh, hopefully having our lives together. Uh, Definitely don't get into as much debauchery as I used to. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I did it, but I'm also glad it's behind me because, yeah, I can definitely remember a lot of times where, uh, you know, like that Zoloft hangover, just thinking like, man, I might die right now. Like that was, I think I made some bad choices in the last 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, cool. Existential angst. It's still with me, but I would say, you know, um, it's, it's been tempered a little bit by, um, you know, life experiences and, uh, you know, I'm glad to be on the other side of it for sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Word. Well, obviously not the last time that you're going to be on this podcast. Um, but, uh, where can people find you in the meantime? Uh, do you want people to find you on uh, social media? Yeah, sure. People can find me. Check me out. Um, I have been operating for the last few years under Biloba Creative, um, and that's spelled B-I-L-O-B-A hyphen creative, uh, C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And I'm like, um, you know, still fairly unprofessional in some some aspects of my uh, professionalism. So my... URL is a little bit long, but um, it's biloba-creative-portfolio.tumblr.com. <laughs> That's a super yeah, long. Expialidocious. I'm going to add in a couple more words to make it a little extra long so it fills up your whole uh, browser window. Yeah. Um, no. But uh, you can also find me at um, Biloba underscore creative underscore design on Instagram. That's where like all my new stuff is probably going to start popping up. Um, and uh, that's what I got right now. Um, I also have a URL for Biloba.creative.design, but nothing's up there, so don't go there yet. Okay. Um, and, and what about, we haven't even touched on it, but uh, you have uh, recorded many, many rap songs. Uh, do you have a place where people can find your music? Oh, I mean, I really don't even fuck with the music these days, so not really. Okay. I mean, you could probably find some old stuff on um, on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, soundcloud.com slash lucid underscore realm. Yep. Because uh, I used to run by the name Lucid. Luke, Lucid, go figure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, you know... Um, I uh, I was working on an album a couple years ago, um, and then my hard drive, a, a, a series of events occurred to kind of dissuade me from doing any more of the musics. But um, yeah, basically hard drive crashed, lost a bunch of files, and um, grew up and realized that I was a white boy trying to rap 
and just wasn't really uh, wasn't really feeling like that was what I wanted to do with my time anymore. So I kind of put that to rest. But um, always uh, always interested in music, and you know, there's definitely some good tracks. You are actually featured on a number of those ones that are on um, the SoundCloud page. So. People, you know, feel free to check it out. Notably, um, the songs uh, Four Horsemen and um, I don't even remember the name of it anymore, but there's another one. I remember uh, Tech Technologic was a cool song. Ooh, yeah, that was awesome. But I wasn't featured on that. Oh, you weren't I, on that one? Oh, shit. No. That's one, no. Of my, that's one of my own favorite verses that I spit. Yes. yes yeah, under that. MC Brian Hologram coming at you. <laughs> yeah, you can fuck around. I used to fuck around with it a little bit because you guys, we had you and some other people, Tyler and Tin Cans Azula, uh, were pretty serious about rapping back in the day, and so I used to get down on some freestyles and then uh, and then definitely write a few verses. Uh, a uh, a recreational rapper, I would say. But uh, shout out to all the white rappers out there. We're definitely not disparaging white rappers, and I will say that you are an ill rapper, so uh, don't disparage yourself. <laughs> hey, thank you, thank you. All right, well, uh, say goodbye to the listeners, and then we'll click over and uh, wrap it up. Awesome. Hey, thanks for listening, you guys. Check out uh, every, anything and everything Go Shrimp. Um, he's the man. And uh, give myself a follow, too, on Instagram if you feel like it. Thanks for listening. See ya. Oh, 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 another dope pod for your motherfucking face. I hope your face fully absorbed that podcast because it was fucking juicy. That was a lot of super classic, just deep dive behind the curtain material from my man, Luke Dubois, one of my just fucking best people in the world you know what i'm saying truly family to me um and uh would like he said would not be the same person without that dude uh as you can clearly hear i think from that episode um we have a deep deep connection to one another that has lasted for uh the majority of our lives now which is totally insane uh and we'll keep going forever because guess what Ghost Scouts live forever, bitches. Go to GhostRoomGlobal.com right now and apply for Ghost Scout Training Camp Year 7. Um, and also go over to Patreon. If you have survived this blitz, if you have listened to every minute of these podcasts, I think we've done maybe four, at least four, possibly five in the last two weeks. If you have listened to every episode of of this podcast in that time period you are a super fan of this podcast and you should truly consider going over to patreon.com slash ghost shrimp and joining the community because you clearly appreciate this podcast and uh and and that is the name of the game you know what i'm saying you can strengthen it you can keep it rolling super happy with the development so far we're on our 30th 30th episode and we have our 30th patron um that is incredible uh we are hoping to get 100 patrons by the end of the year so we are on track um so let's keep it rolling are you gonna be one of the two people that we hope that will subscribe this 
week in between now and the next podcast. And let me tell you, the next episode is going to be extremely juicy. And by contributing only $1 per episode, you will get early access to every single episode. Um, My man Ron Wimberly is going to be stepping up into the zone here. Uh, And I know we are going to have a very juicy convo because he's one of the fucking smartest, hardest working, most inspirational dudes that I know. We went to Pratt together, worked on the Static Fish together, and uh, he's one of the people that I've always kind of looked over at during my career. And we've been, you know, we came out around the same time and just started jumping in and really creating our own professional reality. Um, and uh, lots of I got I got just so much motivation, inspiration, and positive pressure from this dude, um, and uh, really used him uh, as fuel for my fire uh, throughout my career. And uh, he's just one of my favorite people in the world. And uh, if you don't know his work, check it out. Cop yourself a copy of Prince of Cats, the new deluxe edition from Image. He is a uh, He's just the dude. So uh, tune in for that. That's going to be incredible. And uh, let's see. So uh, I think that about wraps up. And we can jump into these Patreon shout-outs. You know what I'm saying? We've got at the $1 contributing Per episode level, the green smoothie shout-outs going to everybody at that level. Did I said that in a very awkward way. Shout out to everybody contributing at the $1 level. Enjoy your early access to this podcast. And then, of course, we have at the $2 level, you get exclusive early access to this podcast two days before it hits SoundCloud and iTunes. You know what I'm saying? Um, so uh, go over and get that for yourself. And of course, we started out with the people that have gone above and beyond. They looked at that $2 per podcast contribution and they laughed at it. They said, this podcast is worth more to me than that. And I know my girl Sarah Ball did that because she put in $5 per episode. So big bowl of beef stew going out to Sarah Ball, alumni of the 12-week online group workshop. Uh, Another $5 per episode contributor, Yvonne Santiago. You go get yourself a big bowl from the Beef Stew Buffet. Eat your heart out. Olive Garden, you can take your breadsticks and insert them into your butthole because we've got unlimited downloadable digital beef stew for everyone. Once we all upload our our consciousnesses up into the internet to be with Johnny Depp, we will all eat eternally from the digital bowl of beef stew buffet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, big shout out to Zeta coming in at the $3 per episode level. Much appreciated. Uh, and of course, our new $2, kicking off the $2 contributors. We've got my man. Let's see if we can get it right this time. Steve Winfield Meyer. Overflowing introductory beef stew fucking bowl for you my friend uh welcome to the patreon community of this workshop it's fun 
Uh, big shout out to another alumni of the 12 week online group workshop, Johnny Glines. Looking forward to vid chatting with you this weekend, my friend. Uh, big shout out to Gerard Jones. Beef stew for you, my friend. Uh, big shout out to Michael Broncado. What is your favorite brand of beef stew? I am now wondering that. Uh, coming in at all caps, all caps when you say this human person's name, Wastezoid. Big shout out to you, Big Bola Beef Stew. Put it in your mouth and lay down on the couch. Um, I know everybody loves beef stew and you know what? Hey, before you say, Hey, I don't eat meat. Uh, there's vegan options here. We got vegan, non-vegan beef stew. We got Satan dripping over the edge of the bowl. So, uh, don't worry. You're going to be fed too. Uh, we got a big shout out going to... My man, Anthony Scott, out there on the West Coast. He is a stop-motion animator that has worked on many of your favorite films. Go check him out. He has an episode on this podcast. Uh, another alumni of this podcast and Adventure Time, my homie, Andy Risty. Oh, I said his name wrong again. Andy Ristano. Sometimes I don't know my friends' names. You don't say it. You don't say people's last names a lot unless they're like a last name person. So, uh, shout out to Andy Ristino. I support his Patreon. You should too, cause it's dope. Uh, big shout out to Ghost Scout Computer Person, aka Lurmy. I know that that's a vegan serving of beef stew going to you, girlfriend. Um, we got a big shout out going to Shambe Right. You are right to expect a bowl of beef stew because you have contributed and you have earned it. Step up to get your beef stew thirst satisfied. Uh, we got a big shout out going to not just Burlington, but the entire Northeast Kingdom of Vermont. Otto Heaney R. Oh, no. Otto Heaney Illustration. I think it used to be Otto Heaney Art. I'm doing terrible at these shout outs today. Uh, <coughs> oh, my God. <coughs> I might be dying. The aliens have poisoned me again. Ah, damn you, NASA. Uh, big shout out to Michael Garcia. Uh, much beef stew respect to you. Big shout out to New Zealand, to Ghost Scout Sports Magic, aka Daniel Foothead. Can't wait to see you very soon, my friend. Uh, now, coming out of the 12 week online group workshop from Canada. We've got a big bowl of beef stew for Alexi Jarreau. Blowing out your eardrums on that one. Uh, check out Alexi's work. It's dope. Um, big shout out to my man Jesse Monahan. Uh, 
I support his Patreon, and he has a very, very popular episode of this very podcast, Horny as Fuck. Uh, check it out. <laughs> Big Beef Stew shout out to the reigning, defending, training camp, camp champion, John Mansfield, a.k.a. Go Scout Beard Lips. Oh my god, I almost just I almost just verped as I was doing that. That would have been an epic shout out. Big shout out to Arguably Art. Get yourself some beef stew right now and eat it. Uh of course. Oh my god. My man over in Denmark. Now it's evolved into a beef stew enema seance. My very adventurous friend, Tri-Man Hard. Much respect to you, my friend. This is getting very ridiculous and very juicy. It is almost making me horny. If things like that made me horny, I would be horny. Tri-Man Hunt. With the claims of three men. Um, we've got the original $2 contributor, Jesse Kukuka Donnie. Big Beef Stew shoutouts. That's going to wrap up the shoutouts today. Um, but make sure you go over and get yourself on the Patreon community. Insert yourself into the Patreon community so that you can participate in the rewards and get yourself a shout out and we can build on this. And this is just the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I always am listening to podcasts that are like five years old and shit. And I'm like, my God, it's going to be insane when the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast is five years old. Uh, Currently, we are seven months old. 30 episodes deep, and we are going to keep going. As you know, we won't stop. Um, And uh, as we do every week, I strongly encourage you to use this podcast to set goals for yourself uh, so that you can really start to get your routines and habits aligned with the person that you want to be and the life that you want to be living. Everybody starts from a different place. We know that. Everybody's situation is different completely understand that. That doesn't mean that you can't right now get a dry erase board and a weekly planner and start writing down little goals that you can accomplish to make your life right now that much more personal, passionate, and filled with interesting things that are keeping your energy levels high, that is keeping you mentally stimulated and and spiritually engaged in your the evolution of your fucking inner spirit you know what i'm saying you are a creative animal in this infinite universe fucking explore it that's what we're meant to do here and uh as always as you're out there doing on your own quest you know what i'm saying you have more in common than you have in conflict with all the people on this planet so no matter where they come from what they sound like what they look like you know what they're doing with themselves sometimes all it takes is to Say an inspirational thing to say to somebody. Share your goals with somebody. Um, create that common ground. You know what? You might unlock something in them. That's my goal with this podcast is to say enough random fucking gibberish that somebody might hear something meaningful to them just like has happened to me in my life and that might unlock something in them that is powerful and leads them 
along gets another step another rung on the ladder in their destiny you know what i'm saying this isn't at you have to be an active participant you cannot just sit back and wait for your destiny to come and find you it will not happen mainstream reality and the global reptilian conspiracy will eat your soft parts before that happens you need to get up and be self-motivated that is the number one thing okay your success is going to be in direct proportion to your determination, okay, your work ethic, your level of organization and planning. So for God's sake, for hollow earth's sake, if I am, if I can do this, I am such a fuck up as you have thoroughly heard on this podcast more than any other, other than the one where I talk about how much of a fuck up I am called I'm a total fuck up episode 10. Uh, you know, it's, this should be proof. I should be living proof that you can fucking do it because I'm doing something that makes me happy and that I am successful at. I know every single one of you can do the same thing. So I'm rooting for you. And until next week, be positive, be productive. Peace out.